buy now. There, there's no reason not to buy now. You can refinance later. There, we, we know that. Um, historically, we're just above the historical average of interest rates. So maybe they're, they're probably going to retract a little bit over the next year, maybe a point or so. But 6 5% is, is historically good. My first mortgage in 96 was just about 8%, and that was good at the time. Welcome to How to Money with Cole and Cole. I'm Cole. And I'm Cole. We coach people every day on their money and how to plan for the future. As financial advisors, we're here to have an honest conversation on investing, retirement, and everything in between. At Full Swing Financial Planning, we're here to empower you to take control of your plan, your way, for your financial future. So let's talk money. And sports. Welcome back to How to Money with Cole and Cole. I'm your host, Bailey Ashbrook, and I'm sitting here with the boys and a special guest, Troy Anderson. Welcome. Thank how's, you for having me. How's it going? How's your football team doing? Who's your favorite football team? We like to talk a little sports here. So I am a Vikings fan lifelong. Uh, I consider it child of Bruce. <laughs> poor poor fella. I know. Poor fella. <laughs> Feel the so, pain for you. It was, it was a tough year, but uh, we got some good... I think good players coming back next year. I think we're going to be top of the NFC North next year. It's like the Cubs mentality. Yeah, I was just There's always next year, right? I was going to say, every Vikings fan, they're so loyal. There's always next year, and then next year comes. And oh, man. never hope for a Super Bowl for that team, I but swear. The only thing, I was dating a girl one time in college, and her oh, dad boy, was here a we huge yeah. Vikings fan. And I was at their game when the Giants beat them like 51 to nothing to go to the Super Bowl. It's like, Kerry Collins, you guys don't remember this game because I'm old. But, 41, uh, 41 nothing. Was it 41 oh, championship? <laughs> and, and oh man, it was bad. Brutal. It was bad. Yeah, some crazy football this weekend though, right? Yeah, we got uh, in the room. We were, we were saying this. Uh, we have no teams left. We do playoffs. not. None of our favorite uh. teams are all out. Um, Cole, Cole's lead in the playoff pool. Yeah. You know, he's got the only person's got both teams live. Um, I think you're pretty much a slam dunk to not have to wear a jersey like the rest of us. So yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I think Bailey's going to lose because I think the Chiefs are going out this weekend. But oh, um, not only am I going to lose, I'm now stuck with my husband. Who? Yeah, poor Cowboys. Wow, the oof. Cowboys really just blew it and oof. laid an egg. Got their butts kicked, and it was it was a sad day in the Ashbrook household. The 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 Packers played very very well. Yes, but the Cowboys did kind of blow it too. So I still have I still have faith in the Chiefs. They still got the Swifties behind them, and that's just powerful <laughs> right now. I'm serious. I think got that's the, the most interesting game of the weekend. Yeah, for sure. The Chiefs going on the road for the first time in Patrick Mahomes' history in the playoffs, going on the road to the Buffalo Bills. They have the. The lake effect snow. I was just, I, we were joking yes. about this. Uh, one day, when you pull up Buffalo, New York, it, it's a it's a lake effect snow warning, and it says projected one to three feet of snow still. And they've gotten, I don't know how much they got. If you look at the stadium, it was nuts. They were hiring people 20 bucks an hour to scoop out the snow out of the stadium. Well, I saw the Chiefs fans at their last game were scraping the ice off like the box seats to yeah. even see out. I'm like, you couldn't pay me to sit out there and watch a game. And then his helmet broke. It was so cold. It was nuts. I'll say this, though. Patrick Mahomes is clutch. He's clutch in big games. He's 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 a focused man. Kind of like your girl, Caitlin Clark. Dude. Yeah. Dude. Dude. It's not even Caitlin Clark. They all are playing good. I know. Yeah. Fun well, to see. Like Gabby's hitting. Number two. They Kate moved up to number thousand, two. Yeah. Right? Number yeah. two. And I don't want to geek out too much, but their defense, like Indiana's a solid team. 
and to hold them. I was more impressed with their defense. The Bailey's last all giddy. Look at her. Yeah, she's just giddy as all can I be. Wanted to, Cole was supposed to go to the I game. I was supposed to go to the game. We obviously had a, a blizzard here on Friday, and yeah. we decided it was better not to drive on Saturday. So we didn't go. Gave the tickets to Molly's sister who lives over in the area. She was able to go, but um, we watched it as a family. Very impressive. It's awesome um, for sports. The, the Iowa women are are kind of crazy. The Iowa State women are doing well, though, too. Upset so, Baylor. Yeah, they upset Baylor. Audie Crooks had she a huge shot. She got Big shot. 12 Player of the Week yeah, as a freshman. A, she had a really big shot at the end and won to. She's she's definitely getting better that the season, too. You see her stat yeah. lines getting well, she's better and better. Playing, playing more. Yeah. That's what's so cool is the whole game's evolving. Like, you guys, I know. But there's so many good teams out right there for women's basketball. So, I'm excited for March. I'm over football. Yeah, and last on that, the Cyclone men had a good week. They they beat uh, they beat number two Houston. And they moved into the polls, so they're they're good. And then hey, the Michigan Wolverines national champions. That was uh, oh yeah. yeah yeah that was Monday, right? Was last month last? you guys yeah, watched that bowling, yeah. right? Yeah yeah yeah. So uh, congratulations to the Michigan Wolverines and Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, Jim. Jim's at the yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Well, there's Jim and John. I too mean, too many Harbaugh's. What if Jim Harbaugh wins the national title and John Harbaugh wins the Super Bowl in the same year? That's kind of crazy. That's a lot of but that's flowing their Brother, way. Brothers. All right, Troy. Troy's uh, sitting here with us with Coldwell Banker, uh, real estate agent, investor, owner, broker. I'm sure kind of all those uh, all those uh, verbs behind your name there. Yes, uh, wear all the hats. Yeah, another entrepreneur. So tell us, how'd you get started in the in the real estate business? What got you there? Well. I, I was in a, a sales job and wasn't very happy. And I was just looking around what I did like. And I loved real estate. I, I wanted to get into flipping houses. This was back in 05. And uh, I reached out to to a realtor friend and they kind of gave me the path to getting into it. And um, so I took my licensing, got licensed in um, March of 06. And uh, my wife is also an interior designer. So it was it was a good thing to match up kind of you know the the, the gains couple down in uh, down yeah, yeah there you go <laughs> even though it was yep. before we knew about them so oh <laughs> nice yeah. nice they should have made a show about you guys yeah uh, yeah, yeah. heck there's uh, a lot of those shows now there's yeah. a ton, ton of them so you do see a lot of wife and in continue husband couples doing it yeah, yeah. Are, are you extremely handy too like do you fix up houses yourself or do you have a team that does that no well we started doing it all ourselves um in 08 i bought my first house to do um oh it was a different year a little <laughs> yeah, tough year like good yep. time to start uh, I, I just built up enough money to start buying some houses and so i did my first flip on my own and then i brought my uh my best friend into it and okay. we started uh northland properties in 09 and just started buying properties flipping them uh, back then you could grab actually a pretty solid house for uh, twenty thousand dollars where Today would that would be a challenge, yeah. Yeah. more than a challenge. <laughs> Try and get a solid house for sixty now, and it's pretty interesting. So, that was uh, that was my start into real estate. I feel like everyone has their first flip story. Like it was more than they thought it was going to be, or it went really well. Like there's no in between. You know, this house, um, it it was it'd been sitting empty for two years because of a divorce, but the guy had done a lot of uh, replaced the windows, did some floor polishing, but it needed a kitchen, needed a bath, needed cleaned. And the dog urine smell in it was pretty horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a good in your smell brain. story, right? That was yeah. always a good smell story. I took my wife through it. I think it was June or July of that year. And, and she was holding her nose and you want to do what? <laughs> and, and uh, but once I got the carpet out, it, it, it cleaned up the, the smell and then, yeah, just uh, I 
worked my off hours uh, every night till about midnight to get it finished and sold it before I actually had it done. So. Were you were you a real estate agent at the time already, or were you still working prior? Nope, to- I was, was full time real estate at that moment, and uh, so I always had a change of clothes because I'd get a call. Somebody wanted to see a house, so I'd have to change, go meet them, <laughs> show them the house, right. come back, work on it. So, uh, you know, I was doing everything I could to make a buck. That's how most entrepreneurs have to do it, or at least that's how you, you start out, is you just kind of have to take whatever meeting you can all get. Ca- you all take, caps. Right? Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't really get to pick and choose what you're, uh, you're going to do. But I was just going to ask you, like, what do, what do you think has been, like, the biggest change? You know, I, you know 08, don't talk about 08 because that was a weird year, but uh, 08, 09. But what's been the biggest change, let's say, say, in the last 10 years with the real estate market? Oh, real estate market's changed so many different ways. But um, really, this COVID. COVID changed the market and, and the people and how they look at it. Um, it, it. And it did exactly opposite of what I thought on in March of 2020. Uh, people became more interested in buying. They started kind of moving around uh, outside areas, and and they wanted home offices. They wanted uh, they wanted to be able to enjoy their home more, and it, it was just amazing. Prices started uh, skyrocketing. Uh, mortgages were still relatively cheap then, so it, it really created this uh, inflationary period that we're seeing now with housing. You saw that with uh, mm-hmm. all the like renovation tied stocks like Home Depot, like the do it yourself where people were going and buying and that was COVID was such a huge deal. Everyone was remodeling. Doing, everyone. Everyone's trying to learn how to tile or do flooring or remodel a house. You couldn't or, really go anywhere and yeah. do anything. You're like, I'm going to be here. I'm going to enjoy it. And I think, yeah. I think a lot of people started working from home and there was just really no like end to it. So it's like, if I'm going to be home working, I need an office. And then you saw the big shift of everyone still working remote. So I'm sure that's a huge impact, but I'm curious, where do you think it, we get a lot of questions like, should I buy now? Should I buy later? Like what's going to happen to the market? Are prices going to go up or down? Like what do you see after all this craziness? Buy now. There, you and do call, not know. And call Troy to buy. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> hey, call me. I'll get you taken care of. Yes. Um, buy now. There, there's no reason not to buy now. You can refinance later. There, we, we know that. Um, historically, we're just above the historical average of interest rates. So, Maybe they're they're probably going to retract a little bit over the next year, maybe a point or so. But six five percent is is historically good. My first mortgage in '96 was just about eight percent, and that was good at the time. And see, we're so spoiled. I, I, I like have, cringe. Yeah, I always have a story of someone's like, "Well, I paid eighteen percent in the '80s yeah. for my first mortgage," and I'm like, "I can't imagine." Like, no, because mine's yeah. two point two five. I'm like, "What is?" Well, I wouldn't even know if I could handle four. It's just the, the affordability aspect, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's really, yep. it just changes where people probably got to look in, in their yeah. housing range versus when, you know, my last last time I was looking, we're sub three. So to get that same type of mortgage, you know, I'm going down in house if I want the same payment, you yes. know, so it's just a knowing where, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been crazy here the yeah. last three years or so. When I got my first mortgage and I got the amortization chart and, and saw how much I'd be paying for that mortgage over 30 years and. I talked to my dad and he built in 1978 and he goes, well, my first mortgage was uh, 14% and then I had to take a second on it to build and it was 18%. And he, so he, but you know, things were much cheaper back then. Inflation was, was, you know, crazy, but everything was more affordable. It's it's a weird 
explanation there. I was going to say we had we didn't have to, but we had to. We got, we ended up expecting our third child during the COVID year when I was strictly we were not going to expect a third child, but it was worth it. COVID effect, <laughs> right? Stuck at home too much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Cole, I think was more shocked than me, but um, I was so nervous telling, but and irrelevant. Like, but yes, like I got a low rate, but I definitely feel like we overpaid because it was during all the chaos and everyone was looking for houses and there was no, I still feel like we're in a shortage of houses. But now two years later, do you think you overpaid? I don't think you did. Yeah, you overpaid at Me the neither. time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But now that value is, I mean, it's just, that's why Makes Troy me, is saying, don't yeah, wait. You, yeah, it's just the same true. thing as like, it's ba- Bailey, in Bailey's, the a, Bailey's a tight so everything's going to be overpaid to Bailey. So, <laughs> yeah, but it's the same thing as, yeah, as trying to true. stock time, the stock market. Yeah. I, I mean, there are people that can do it because they do it every day, mm-hmm. but it's also time in the market. It's like time in your house. Like, yeah, you don't want to overpay for it. Of mm-hmm. course, nobody wants to overpay, but at the same time, why wait six months to see if it comes down right. $5,000? Like buy it now, by the time you get six months down the road, probably be $5,000 more mm-hmm. uh, in value. So it's, it's kind of one of those uh, things that you just, you don't want to sit around. And, and we talked about that last time we were on the podcast is like, I had a buddy that, that was, uh, was asking me about, well, you know, with mortgage rates the way they are, I'm probably not going to buy. And I was like, well, you can always refine. And he's a smart individual. He knows this, but you can refinance in six months. Right. I mean, you just said that, it, and it takes thirty minutes to refinance. And, and even it really if it's th- even if deal. it's three years, I mean, here's what I I always use. I was when people were having this conversation of thinking it's kind of the the way to, I'd say, coach inflation or the natural inflation. Like, so think of when your your first mortgage, what was rent for that property at that time, Troy? Do you oh, think if you yeah. were to rent that house, what was it? It was much lower. It was. Probably, I think I was getting four fifty when I did rent it yes. out. Yes, so now out. probably the same place is a thousand bucks. Maybe yeah. call it that. So think about that as a in the same thing. Probably with the value. So it's one of those things. So many people in the U.S. specifically have the majority of their net worth is tied up into their home, or you know. And think about that as yeah, if you maybe overpay, but if you're committed to the property long term, you can afford the payment. At some point, it's going to work out and going to be a positive impact. You know, because we we've, we've really only seen real estate go up over the long period of time. Now there's times where corrects and goes down a little bit in value, but it, it's such a, you know, natural inflationary, you know, uh, piece of, of everyone's net worth pretty much in the U S. Yeah. You know. I was having this conversation with somebody the other day too. And when, when rates were low, say they were 2% to 3% back in 2020 and people were overpaying. Well, you were just paying a higher interest rate over up front. Kind of, you know, so you were getting the house you wanted, you were maybe overpaying a little bit, but it was, if you think of it in uh, interest rate terms, you paid that. Now the interest rate's higher and we're starting to see the prices come down. So it's, it's cyclical. Have you seen, that's, I guess I'd be kind of curious too. So you are seeing prices kind of retract a little bit or just maybe not go up like they have been. Definitely. We're seeing price drops on houses that have been listed for, you know, even two weeks on the market, we're starting to see price drops. So sellers are still coming in um, overpricing a bit and pushing, pushing that, that edge. And then after about two weeks, when you're not getting the showings, you're not getting the the foot traffic, then we're, we're having them to price adjust. Okay, nice. Well, tell us a little bit about your transition to becoming owner of Coldwell Banker. Mm-hmm. And how that, you mean, you don't have to give us the whole story about how that went down, but that's your business now. You and you and a partner, I'll let you talk. Sorry. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> so he was a real estate agent. Yeah. And now in, in 2014, I was with a different agency and, and, um, I was, I was looking at my options and, uh, took a ride with Cole, uh, Chris Parker. No, <laughs> oh. Chris Parker, who was the owner of Coldwell Banker at the time, we were working on some MLS, um, things and had some meetings. So in a short trip back from Webster city, I was, I was razzing him about his age and when he was going to retire. And oh, we do that to Cole, <laughs> but he's far from retiring. So, um, but then he surprised me. I asked him what he's going to do, uh, when he retired and he says, well, I'm going to sell to you. So, um, he goes, actually, I want to sit down and have a beer. So we went and had a beer and we worked out a deal and, uh, 2015, I, I came in as owner and, and, uh, he's been a great support system. He's still in the business, uh, helping me, but, um, and then, uh, in 2020, January, 2020, I had a, a young entrepreneur working for me that I, that he had voiced that he wanted to, uh, have some ownership. So in January we, we had a deal where he bought on in and, uh, well then COVID hit three months later. Yeah, I was going to say, at me I know like, who what? you're talking about. <laughs> what did I do? timing. <laughs> So, uh, it, it was a very interesting fun. Um, in the reason I wanted to make a change is I, I wanted full ownership for myself for a while so I could, uh, build things and, and work on the agency the way I wanted to without going to other partners and, and working, uh, with all of them. I, I think it's fairly confu- It's confusing for me anyways. Can you explain like kind of the agency yeah. broker, you know, the different layers, real estate agent, maybe of kind of the industry, just a high level. Oh, sure. Just, just for, I think a lot of people get that confused. So, yeah. So as an, as a new agent, you have to work under a broker. So it, it, think of it as um, kind of an, an apprenticeship. So you have to have that broker oversight. So a broker is the top level in real estate and they control the, um, the listing contracts and all that. Basically all the listings are, in, in an essence, owned by the brokerage and the broker. And then agents that list the houses are, are working for them, but not in, as employees. They're independent contractors. And every agency has a little bit different, what we call a split. And um, so the broker gets paid a little bit. They, they take care of the overhead. Then the agent gets um, their split. And so typically every real estate deal has two brokerages involved and two agents. And so, um, when you think of commissions that way, they generally split four ways. This podcast is produced by Spin Market and Digital. Located in Fort Dodge, Iowa, Spin Market's highly skilled team can help you increase your market by updating your website, improving SEO, designing advertisements, and producing podcasts that will grab the attention of your market. Contact Spin Market today for all your digital marketing needs at digitalagent at spinmarketwith2ks.com or call us at 515-302-8026. And to learn more, visit our website at www.spinmarketwith2ks.com. That's digitalagent at spinmarket.com or 515-302-8026 or visit our website www.spinmarketwith2ks.com Let's do a little dollars and cents. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. So I know we're a little bit into January and we've talked about our New Year's resolutions, our goals, different things. So I was I was doing a little research on 
uh, some different survey studies on on people's goals or New Year's res- resolutions. And a couple different studies ran across uh, Bankrate.com, which there's a you know they have all kinds of stuff on there: interest rates, mortgages, things there. A lot of uh, independent financial, personal financial uh, topics on there. But ninety, this study that they ran for 2024, and again, don't know how wide the the study was. Ninety percent of Americans that were in this study have a financial goal for 2024. And wow. That's, yeah, higher than uh, I, that's higher than I was thinking it, it was going to be. And this is a bank, the bank rate, you know, they're, they were targeting a certain amount of people. So I don't know how wide the survey is, but what, what I found, it kind of had a piggyback this, this article I found, um, there was, a some university that did a, did a study basically on, on a, a select group of people who, uh, had new year's resolutions, whether it was financial or not. And they found 42% of the people who made a financial New Year's resolution, 42% of them had significant habit improvement on on some type of financial, whether they reached that goal or not. And again, I don't know how they were measuring these, but I found it quite interesting that if you set a, you know, it's one of those things that it does lead, whether you hit the goal or not, it's more of trying to write it down on paper. Yeah, the improvement. Um, so, so I found that very in- interesting and actually baby boomers were, were the lead ones of, uh, when you break it down even further in that study, they were the ones who wanted to pay off the debt. The, the highest goal for them oh, was really? to pay off debt. Yep. I want, I wonder what percentage were weight loss goals. <laughs> I know sure where that's gotta be ta- like right up there too. Yeah. I know we're a financial podcast, but I bet it's a pretty high percentage or weight loss goals. I you- feel like money and and fitness are usually number one. You, you go in like Walmart or or any place right at, right after the first year. The stuff that's right at the front oh, is like yeah. the supplements. Like you know, I Target, saw. Yes, I saw I, someone at um diet uh, fuel co- or at Costco. <laughs> Costco, you walk in and there was like a weight rack. Like the first thing someone had sent a picture. Like oh, right after the first year. So I'm sure sales of that stuff like spikes like crazy in January. That's interesting though because we talk about it a lot. It's just like starting it, putting it on paper, envisioning it, just even thinking it like I am a good person with money, like just starting the process of, if you don't, if you don't go there mentally, you're just not even go there. So I think that's really interesting. I'm, I'm surprised the boomers were the number one on the. Yeah. You would think they'd be, you know, already set. more past that, but I, I, you know, more debt than what we think is out there. I think and especially personal debt. Yeah. All right, Troy. So let's go back to you. Cause you know, what, you got a goal? You got any good goals for 2024? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I won't make goals. you share. I won't put you on the spot. I only do that to Cole and Cole. So how many... <laughs> yeah, I do. So how many agents do you have under your team? We are at 11 now. We just recently had a retirement, so uh, down one. But uh, we got a, a young team, um, new agents moving into it, and we actually have a new one maybe coming uh, within the next couple of months. I feel like it's a very, maybe just even in, in Webster County, it's a very competitive field. Would you say that? I feel like there's a lot of Extremely. Aging. Yes. Like, a, okay. Just So how do you coach young people to be, because I know it's a crazy market kind of still, and they're young and they're new. How do you coach them up to be aggressive or successful? You know, I'm still a little old school where – I coach them mostly to get out community involvement, be involved with the people, reach out to people that they do know. Um, that's your number one uh, resources, people that know you, you know them, and they want to do business with you. Um, if you're out shaking hands, if you're um, on a board with the community, that is really, um, it, it, it ups your status uh, locally. So people want to do business with you. Um, secondly, then, then you got the social medias and, um, and your mailers, the mailers, um, those are dying off a little bit. Um, obviously like some advertising is kind of dying the print. 
But um, we, we really focus on just being involved. Involvement gets you there. I would agree because if you're going to buy a house, you want to go to someone like, oh, I know them. I know they're a good person. I trust them. This is a big decision. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I got a question because I, I, I remember when it came out, uh, and you guys have, Zillow's been around your whole life, but I remember when it came out and I was like, oh, I wonder if this is going to hit the real, I've never been in the real estate market, so I don't know and I don't know what effect, but you, you've been around before Zillow and now during Zillow. Um, well, uh, has that been a big effect on the real estate agent market or is it, has it helped? I, I talked to a real estate agent one time. She said it, it helped her. It, it, it does. Um, it, it's helped. It's an advertising platform. That's really all Zillow is. Um, Zillow basically scrapes our information from our MLS, um, our, you know, Cola banker sites, other sites like that. They scrape that information, put it together and resell advertising leads to agents. So if an agent signs up for uh, the 50501 zip code, then they pay pretty high amount per month. And then they get internet leads, which um, traditionally, especially in the early days of it, uh, they're not very good leads, but I think they are getting better. People are using Zillow a little bit more, uh, hitting that contact agent button on it. Um, but still, uh, Cola Banker, uh, dot com is as i believe still one of the number one visited sites for real estate so zillow's oh, wow. a part but um you know really your traditional um, local real estate companies are your best bet to to get a good agent and and good information because zillow does have a lot of junk on it uh, it's just like before zillow we had um Craigslist and the <laughs> <laughs> the Craigslist postings. Whenever somebody posted on Craigslist, then we had a lot of scams coming off. It, oh so. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. market it, marketplace is popular now. I see a lot of houses. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was just gonna say, do you feel like a lot of people are, especially when the prices are high, tried to sell their house on their own? And I'm sure you have horror stories and maybe like a reason why it's better to work with an agent than just try to do it yourself. Yeah, the the statistics are like used to be about 16 percent of people would sell their own home and. Um, about 90% of them would never do it again. Um, I've had people walk in after selling their own place. Um, I may be on one part of the transaction, but they were going to sell their own house to buy the house I was selling them. And, uh, they've come in and said, uh, you earn every dollar you get. It was, uh, um, you know, marketing the house is, is one thing. So yes, we just, we come in, we take pictures and we market it, but getting your pricing right is, is tantamount if you don't get your pricing right even in the this market where things were high if you didn't get the market right you just helped sell somebody else's house down the street Um, then the next step there getting the offer and understanding an offer how many people here understand a a real estate contract just cole probably (laughs) i i think i probably have the most other than you troy experience with it but i wouldn't say i understand it by any means i have certain terms that i know i want in there now after i've done deals but yeah, it's it's uh, you know, I know a lot of time it's an E sign and you don't even look at the damn thing. Uh, I was gonna, you know. just going to say, I know where it says click the sign and yeah. I, I, I push that button. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and you know, E sign's great. We we use it, but I, I still try and get my agents to bring the clients in, sit down with them at, at our table, walk them through the, the contract, let them know what they're signing, be face to face so they can have questions and they can get good. It's the same with our business. It's the same mm-hmm. thing. It's like yep. we're going to, you're going to build a better connection and probably, you know, it's probably going to 
turn to repeat business at some point, especially if it's a young buyer, mm-hmm. you know, first house, and then five years later, it's their second house and third yep. house or whatever yep. it might be. I, so you want them to come back and say, I remember sitting with Troy at this table. Yep. I, I want Troy again. Um, or whoever your favorite agent is, obviously it's Troy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. So there's a lot going on in the housing market. You're still doing real estate. You're doing the flips. What's your favorite thing to do overall? Like what's your favorite part of your job? Is it managing people? Is it making the sale? Or what do you, what would you say is like the most gratifying thing for you as a business owner? Closing with a, a first time buyer. Mm. The, the first time buyers are, um, they were always my favorite. They still are. They, mostly because that's the time I get to teach. I feel like I'm a natural teacher. I love sitting down with people, explaining the contract, explaining what they're doing, um, help direct them towards the services they need. We do, uh, some people coming into this community for the first time, they, they have nothing. I've had people reach out to me just after we close uh, and she was looking for a hairstyle stylist. And um, so, you know, I can help recommend those people. Um, sometimes maybe it's for doctoring or, or anything. We can still help direct people towards things that really aren't real estate related. And uh, those relationships last for years. But it's the trust, it's the connection that you've yes. created. Yep. Okay, let's, let's transition to Troy, you know, we got Troy, uh, multiple caps, the real estate agent, investor, owner, Let's transition to things outside of uh, real estate. So talk to a little bit about some of your community involvement, different things you're involved in right now. Oh, sure. Um, so I sit on multiple boards um, for a few different places, but uh, number one is the North Iowa Central uh, Youth Shelter and uh, been on there oh, since I think 2011. Uh, a lot of transition, uh, getting that place healthy, uh, cleaning things up and that that is really my favorite. They take in a lot of at-risk youth, um, help get them the, the um, obviously level them out, get them into a safe place for at least a period of time, and then get them some of the uh, psychiatric treatment that they need uh, going forward. So that's, that's one of my favorite. How'd you, get a, how'd you get involved in that? Um, I was asked by the director at the time. Um, my daughter and his daughter went to school together. They were new to town and um, they got to be friends and, uh, he found out who I was and what I did and, uh, asked me to be on it. And, um, and it's been a, a wonderful experience there most times. So, um, also I sit on a city board, uh, board of adjustments. So if you're going to be putting in a fence or building a garage and it gets to be, um, outside of regular zoning, uh, rules, most people will have to come to us and either get approval or denial and, uh, we approve a lot, but uh, there are times where we we just can't. So that's that's another fun one. Uh, some things can get kind of interesting. I was going to say that I'm one sure, doesn't sound I'm as sure. exciting. When it's approved, it's fun. Yeah, when it's, that's, that's when it's declined, it's probably not so fun. You can, I want my fence where I want it. <laughs> Where's can, that Troy can, Anderson at? He voted no for that. <laughs> you can make some enemies there. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. But it, generally, it's um, you know you can't make a, a rule that applies across every uh, lot in Fort Dodge and and. So that's kind of where we, we come in and we, we, with the city, sit down and look at what is logical, what have we done before and what can we do and how can we adjust this? And sometimes it comes to a rule change too. So that's awesome. Like I always appreciate people who are business owners because time is our most valuable resource and the people that give back. And I know that you shelter does a lot of great things for the community. So let's wrap this up, Troy. What's next? What's next for Coldwell Banker? What's next for your team? What's the outlook for 2024 and the next five years? 
2024, we're, we're looking good, stable. Uh, I think things are starting to level out. We're going to readjust with the market and, and keep banging away at it. The next five years, we're looking to put on, uh, bring on maybe three, four more agents, um, a little bit more growth, and, uh, and, and just try and grow that, um, that base of, of helping people in real estate this year. What markets do you, you know, with the growth, what markets do y'all serve? Primarily the Fort Dodge market, obviously, but I'm sure there's yeah. some other communities that you guys might serve. Webster County is obviously our strongest, but um, do a lot in Humboldt. Um, we do a lot over in uh, the Twin Lakes area. Uh, okay. Mm. So that that is great. Manson, stuff like that. And, and Webster City. Webster City is pretty well covered by their agents over there, though. I'll say this. I know who I'm going to if I need to sell my house someday. I just feel connected. I trust it. I love it. Well, thank you. We're, we're there for you. All right. So we're going to wrap it up. You know, we've been doing uh, our NFL picks, thinking we're we're specialists here uh, on this panel. But, Troy, why don't you – you're going to uh, lead us off here and rattle off the games for us so we can pick. Okay. Number one, with the NFC playoff bracket, we're looking at Green Bay Packers at San Francisco 49ers. So who are we going with, guys? Got to go with the Niners. Niners. Number one seed, got to go with the Niners. Even though your brother, Cody's a big Packers fan. He got, he got all over me on Facebook about not picking did, the Packers this last week. There's a lot of Packer fans in the area, a though. A ton. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go a little different. I'm going to go with Green Bay Packers. At Holding on this, the NFC North, right? Yeah, so. just they, they looked really good. San Fran's been sitting on their butt for a couple weeks, so let's see what happens. Let's right. see what happens. I like it. All right, number two, you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, who had a big win yesterday at the Detroit Lions. I'm going Lions. I I think they've got something just just like a little vibe there with uh with the situation going on in Detroit. So I'm going Lions. Tampa Bay. Okay, I'm going Lions. What if it's the Lions and the Packers? That'd be awesome. Ooh, that'd be yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, that would be. It'd be in Detroit. Oh my gosh, that place would be nuts. It's gonna be nuts this weekend anyway. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, the Lions won their first foot first playoff game in 33 years, something like that. Yes. Yes. That's and crazy. I, I agree with you guys. Lions are another NFC North team. Yep, um, I just don't think Tampa Bay has has enough uh, offensive power to to come over that Lions defense. So, all right, so AFC playoff bracket, divisional round. So Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. You want to lead us off, Bailey? Ravens. Yeah, I mean, I think it's no brainer. I think it's Ravens all day. I'm taking the upset here. <laughs> I'm taking the upset just because a I do think it could happen, and and b because I'm probably going to win the, the thing anyway. So I was I just going to say, so you're trying to get you. That's <laughs> so. so funny. Kale was so pumped. He doesn't have a mic. He's like, yeah, Cole, yeah. <laughs> I'm taking the Texans. Yeah, I'll take Texans with you. CJ Stroud's the real deal. I yeah, think so, he's too. Stud. Yeah. And, and, and there's going to be some upsets. Um, I, I do think the NFC could both be upsets as far as the Packers and the Bucks, but I, I, I could see this one happening. Yeah. All right, and then number two, Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Buffalo with what mm-hmm. uh, Cole said, um, lake effect snow. That's crazy. I'm going – Bills are my new – since all my teams, you know, I still picked the Niners, I guess, in our original bet. But I'm – I'm if I were to repick, Bills are my new – You don't Super, get to repick Well, Bills now. are my new Super Bowl champs. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. <gasps> I'm going with the Chiefs. I'm telling you. Mahomes is – he's cold. Got ice in his veins. The Swifty effect. Mm-hmm. I'm, t- I'm taking the Bills. I, I think the Bills, uh, uh, as Cole mentioned, I, I think they're they're hot right now and they're just playing well. And the Chiefs, to me, are they got a good opponent last weekend with the Dolphins in <sighs> negative degree weather, and that's why they won. I can't believe I picked the Dolphins. Yeah, I'll go with the Bills too. I, I think they are just too powerful, and I don't. Think, I quit. I don't I'm think. <laughs> I don't think Mahomes has enough help. So. 
That's uh. I can't wait to come into the next pod, right? What do you think, Kelby? You're looking at me like you can be super crazy. right or super wrong, right? Well, Troy, we appreciate your time. We know it's valuable, and uh, love having you on the pod. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you very much, Troy. Every champion was once a contender that refused to give up. Rocky Balboa. Go Cubs. You've been listening to How to Money with Cole and Cole, the podcast of Full Swing Financial Planning. To learn more, visit their website at www.fullswingfinancial.com and follow them on Facebook and LinkedIn. For now, I'm Cole. I'm Bailey. And I'm Cole. And we'll see you on the greens. Four. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC.